helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is, believe it or not, on the topic of angels. And the title of today's show is The Empowering Concept of Angels. Since ancient times, the belief of angels has been written about, studied, and discussed. The belief in angels seems to transcend culture, religion, and the social class. As a matter of fact, the three major world religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all have a belief in angels. These religions teach that angels were created before humans and serve primarily as messengers of God to serve us humans. We know that we are living in a very secular society, but despite the trend towards secularism, the belief in angels has not waned. Recent polls suggest that nearly 70% of, of Americans think angels are real. In their book, Paranoia America, sociologists Joseph Baker, Carson Meckham, and Christopher Bader state that angels pervade popular culture in books, television shows, and movies. And they go on to say that the, the, the popularism of angels, a popular belief in angels is actually growing. Popular television shows such as that we know very well, such as Highway to Heaven or Touched by an Angel, seems to cement this prominent belief in angels in today's culture. And just in case you're thinking that this is a religious belief, you should note that 20% of those who identify themselves as having no religious belief also claimed to having encountered an angel. So why am I doing a show about angels today? You may be asking, what does this have to do with mental health? And why are you, Michael, as a psychotherapist, doing a radio show about such a topic? Well, let me explain. To begin with, we see from the biblical account of angels that they are involved with the psychological state of humans. For example, angels bring hope. This is what we as psychologists and psychotherapists try to do for our clients. We try to give them hope in trying times. And we see angels in the Bible bringing hope to people. For example, we see in Luke 2, verse 13 to 14, where we read, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So there is this a wishing of goodwill, this promise of goodwill. In other words, 
mankind at that time, especially the Jewish people, they were going through a very trying time. Their society was occupied by the Roman army. And in the midst of their trouble and their trial and their hopelessness comes this message about peace on earth. Angels also help to regulate emotions. We see that angels often come with the warning, fear not. And this is about uh, helping people to see that in the midst of their situation, they can get out of that state of fear. Another passage read, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which which shall be to all people. This is also from the book of St. Luke. So angels tend to have this purpose of regulating the emotions of humans. And we may think of this salutation, fear not, as angels appearing and just saying, do not fear. But what we need to understand that these angels are giving an empowering statement. They're not just telling people not to fear. They are giving them the ability to not fear in the midst of their situation. So, for example, if I, as a psychotherapist, were to be speaking with a client that is overcome with fear as a certain situation, I could not just say to that person, do not fear, because that doesn't make sense. We know from cognitive behavior therapy that you cannot directly change the emotional state of a person unless you change their thoughts, their thoughts and their behavior. So when an angel appears and say, fear not, it's not just a statement. It is a, it is a, an empowering act. Like when Jesus say, be healed and people were healed. When Jesus say, be healed to people, he wasn't telling them to heal themselves. He was causing a change in their physical state whereby they received healing. In a similar way, when angels appear and say, fear not, it's an empowering statement. We see that also angels nurture those who are depressed. We read in 1 Kings 19 verse 3 to 8 that Elijah was afraid and he was running for his life. He had sent his servant away and he was preparing to just give up and die. And there is Elijah. He's lying under this tree in the middle of the wilderness, far from where Anyone could find him because remember, he was hiding from Jezebel. Jezebel was King Ahab's wife. So he was in a place so remote under a tree, giving up on life, preparing to die. And he lay down under the tree and he said, I have had enough, Lord. And he prayed that God, that he might die. But then we are told that at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. So we have this 
angel appearing in the middle of nowhere to meet a man who is in a very desperate state at the point of great need and giving him food to eat and equipping him so that he might get out of the depressed state that he is in. So angels in scriptures are concerned with our mental health state. They are not just interested in the spiritual things, in the things that are caught up in the heavens, the things that have to do just with God. They are interested in our well-being, in our physiological state, and in our emotional and mental health state. The angels, just think about that for a moment. These majestic creatures, these these beings who are so powerful, who do the, the bidding of God, came to give Elijah a meal. They came to serve Elijah and to encourage him to get up out of his depressed state. So I'm doing a show today about angels because angels, this concept of angel can be very important powering and can help us in our mental health state. So stay tuned, we're going to be talking more about that as we go through the rest of this show. But we also see from from the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 that angels help humans to overcome negative self-concepts and achieve their full potential. As a psychotherapist, a big part of my job is to help people with low self-esteem, to help people who believe that they cannot amount to much, and to help them to see that they have great potential, that they are made in the image of God, and that if they can just tap into the abilities that God has given them, that they can achieve great things. And so in Judges chapter 6, we have this story of Gideon. Now, Gideon was in a, in a, in a, a dilemma because his people were being attacked by the Midianites and, and they were sort of hiding in caves and hiding their supplies from the Midianites who would raid their camp and take away their food. And we're told in verse 12 of chapter chapter 6, that an angel appeared to Gideon. Gideon is hiding. Gideon is afraid. Gideon, Gideon is no match for the Midianites or for his enemies. As a matter of fact, Gideon saw himself as a nobody because in verse 15, Gideon says, My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Talking about low self-esteem. It's as if Gideon is saying to this angel, I am in the lowest social class you can think of and not only am I in that social class, I am the least in my, my clan is the least, and I am the least in my family. Gideon had this negative self-concept about himself. But what is interesting in this passage is that the angel appeared to Gideon in the midst of him being hiding 
in the midst of him being afraid and said to him and called him a mighty warrior. The angel came to him and said, the Lord is with you in verse 12 of, of Judges chapter 6. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so this is another uh, empowering statement. The angel is saying, you do not have to be limited by your negative self-concept. And maybe I'm speaking to some of you out there this morning who believe that you are the least of the least like Gideon, who believe that your potential is limited, who have been looked down on and looked over and passed over by others who believe that you just have no ability. But I want you to know that the angels of God is speaking to you and want to speak to you and want you to see that you have great potential. Maybe you are struggling financially, but right now that angel of God might be saying to you, you successful business person, or maybe you're in a relationship that is failing and you're feeling as if you are not deserving of love. And maybe this angel is saying to you, you greatly beloved person, the angels of God are sent to change, to challenge negative self-concept and to help us to see that we are worth more than we think. So do not limit yourself because of the curses that others have said over you, the negative things that others have said. Do not limit yourself because of the adversities that you have settled, you have, you, you have endured in life. Gideon had lots of adversities, but the angel called him a mighty warrior. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, The Empowering Concept of Angels. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. We see also from scriptures that angel warn of danger. As human beings, we are limited to what we know about the future. We are limited as to what we can see even in the next minute, the next second. But angels have this sense, being servants of God, they have this knowledge of the future. Angels are super intelligent beings. They are super powerful beings. So they're, they're not only warned of dangers, but they can protect us in the midst of dangers. We find an example of that in Genesis 19 and verse 12 where we read, And the men said unto Lot, Has thou here, that these men, in bracket, angels, keep that in mind that when it says men here, it's referring to angels, and I'll speak more about that later on. 
And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou there any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whoever thou has in this city, bring them out of this place? The angel knew that there was about to be the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angel of God came to warn Lot that he is to leave this place because destruction was about to ensue. So it's important to see that when we are talking about angels, we are talking about very important ways in which angels interact with human beings and bring about uh, positive changes to their mental health and even protection for their physical well-beings. We see also in Scripture that angels ask thought-provoking questions leading to self-revelation. As part of my job as a psychotherapist, I help people to be able to discover things about themselves that they do not know. Sometimes we act in ways that we are programmed to act because of things we experience earlier on in life, because of our family of origin, and we do not know why we are acting in certain ways. Like one uh, woman said to me some years ago, she said, Michael, I do not understand it. Why is it that I keep being attracted to bad guys. If you'd ask me the kind of person I want for a partner, I, it would be the opposite of the people I tend to end up with. So through a process of self-revelation, in other words, just asking questions to this person so that she can begin to understand why she's acting in a certain way. She had a revelation that led to a change in her life. And now she's happily married to the love of her life who treats her very well because of the positive change that she that was revealed to her through the questioning. So we see angels doing the same kind of thing in scriptures. They come to human beings and they ask thought-provoking questions to lead to self-regulation, to, to self-revelation. So we see an example of this in Genesis 16 verse 7, where, where Hagar was fleeing from Sarah. She was in a, a domestic situation that was very challenging and Hagar was pregnant and she fled into the wilderness without supplies. Now, the situation must have been very bad for Haggai. Just imagine this pregnant woman who think that the wilderness in her pregnant state was a better option than staying at home. I don't know how bad your life situation is, but maybe sometimes you feel like Hagar that you would just run away and you would just flee from it, not knowing where you're going. But this is exactly what Hagar did. She had no plan. She had no resources, but the situation was just so bad, so terrible, so trying that she fled into the wilderness in her pregnant state. She wasn't thinking rationally. And, and we read in Genesis 16 verse 7 that now the 
angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur, and he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where you are going? So let's examine this question by the angel. Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where you are going? If you can see that the angel already know the answer to the question by calling her Sarah's maid, the angel is not asking her to identify where she has come from. The angel is not asking for a location. The angel is not asking for a home address and a postal code as to where her past destination is and where she's going at present. This is a question that is meant to cause her to reflect deeply on her action to take off in the wilderness without supply. He already know. He calls her Sarah's maid. And so apparently he knows Sarah. He knows where she's coming from and he knows where she's going. And the angel is asking her, where have you come from and where you are, go are you going? This is a profound question. And I want you to consider this question today. Where have you come from and where are you going? In other words, what have been the experiences in your past? Where are you presently in life and what are your future plans? This was what the angel was asking Hagar, Hagar, I know that you have been Sarah's maid. I know the experiences there have been unpleasant. I know where you are in the present. You are fleeing in this desert. I can see that you're traveling this, this wilderness. But what are your future plans? What's your final destination? What sort of goals do you have to achieve the, 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 the thing that you're setting out to achieve in life. And this self-revelation question to Hagar would make her see that she had no plan. She was acting out of fight or flight instinct and was setting herself up for failure. When you have had trauma in your life, you will tend to act out of a fight or flight instinct. And when you act out of that place of the trauma that you have been through in the past, it sets you up for failure in the present. So where have you been? What have been your past traumas? How is it affecting you today? And what do you plan to do about it so you can have a better future? We see from that encounter with the angel that the angel asked Sarah to go back to her mistress, Hagar. And we see this principle in scripture often where people are told to go back to the thing that they're running from before they can move forward and be blessed. You see, if you avoid the past, if you run away from the past without dealing with it, then you will tend to be acting in fight or flight 
and you will tend to repeat the same mistakes in life. We see the same thing with Jacob. When Jacob fled from his brother Esau, God appeared to him and told him to go back to his homeland to face Esau that he feared. Let me say here again that I'm not advocating here for women who are in abusive relationship where they're being battered and beaten or treated, uh, in, in human inhumane way to go back to their abusers. There are some cases that you don't go back to, but going back in quotation could mean dealing with the past through a counselor so that you can get over it. And this is kind of what the angel is saying to Hagar. Hagar, you have to go back to the past and come up with a plan as to how you can get over what is happening to you. So angels uh, ask these very profound questions to help human beings to come to this place of self-revelation. So maybe at this point I should speak a little bit before we close about the characterization of angels. Have you experienced an angelic visitation? As I ask this question, many of you will have conjured up images of creatures with wings or alien-looking creatures. However, we should be aware that angels in the Bible often take on the appearance of human beings. For example, the three angels, the three angels who told Abraham that Sarah would have a child in her old age, were described as three men. Genesis 18, 1-2. Similarly, the two angels who appeared to Lot in Judges 6, who told him that he was a mighty warrior, were described as two men. Genesis 19, 1-10. In addition, the author of the book of, of Hebrews stated, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing some, by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to the angels without knowing it. So what the, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, that angels can take on human forms and that person who you might be helping on the street might actually be an angel in disguise. Sometimes angel might appear to you as a voice that gives direction. You don't see a person, but you hear this voice that tells you to make a certain decision that might bring good fortune or might even save your life. A friend of mine who went into the hospital for an ultrasound on her abdomen suddenly heard this voice that said, tell them to do an ultrasound on your chest. And she followed that instruction and it saved her life. That ultrasound developed a large cancerous lump that was there growing in her chest, that if it wasn't discovered, she wouldn't be alive today. The point I'm making here is that as you seek to answer the question, have you experienced an angelic visitation, do not limit your thought to the experiences with strange creatures or human beings with wings. Your angelic visitation may have taken human form. 
So if, if you have experienced an angelic visitation, I would like to hear from you because I plan to do a part two of this show in which I will have guests on that will speak about their angelic visitations, the way that the angels have made profound differences in their lives. So if you have had such an experience, I would like to hear from you. So we are quickly out of time today. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And I want to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. If you are listening to this show via our YouTube channel, remember to subscribe so you can be notified of our new weekly shows. If you are listening on air and have missed part part of this show we want and you want to listen to it in full it is uploaded to our youtube channel so you can listen to it there we also want to remind you that we are not for profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air and to make podcasts such as this one so until next time this is your host michael hart of elim counseling services praying that god would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart (laughs) 